Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Conference tournaments underway in college basketball. Major conference tournaments getting underway next week. Value to be found all across the college basketball board. In this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly, Steve Mackinnon, our senior editor, does a great job of detailing some uh, really interesting trends when it comes to really just all of these conference tournaments. And I want to take a look at some of the ones that have already begun to see where we can keep an eye out for, um, you know, a potential spot to really hammer home. In the, I guess, let's see, um, in... The NEC, right, the NEC conference, that tournament gets underway and Bryant is the favorite. Wagner is the second favorite. Bryant gets a win on uh, on Wednesday. Can, you know, big win, which is what's expected from them. Taking a look at the games coming up in the NEC, um, as we pull up the schedule here, so Bryant and Wagner, right now you can get Bryant at even money to win the conference tournament. They were about plus 120 or so going into uh, Wednesday's game, and then it was, now it's plus 100. Wagner, who also wins very you know convincingly against St. Francis of PA, they are at plus one, where is it? Plus 140. So all signs are pointing to Bryant and Wagner against each other. If you want to take a long shot, maybe it's LIU, who is at plus 800 as uh, they head towards the uh, semifinals here. This is it, a, a nugget here from Steve Mackinnon. Seven of the last eight quarterfinal games went under the posted total. So if you followed that trend here, in, let's say, the game, uh, well, Wagner went over, but let's see if Central Connecticut and Bryant in the quarterfinal there, that game was a total of 147, and that one did go under. So you're you're pretty much even there with that trend. Also, underdogs in the championship game. You see, this is where Wagner comes into, 
to play here as an interesting play. Underdogs in the championship games of the Northeastern Conference, 13-2 ATS in the last 15 games, including 11 outright upsets. And that would be backing Wagner or maybe even LIU, whatever, because that's the situation you're going to get. These games are played on the home floor of the top seed. And so Bryant, who is the top seed in this tournament, as long as they keep winning, which they will, then they will be hosting the conference championship game. And so now you wonder, okay, I'm going to have to look to see if I'm going to find uh, a play here on Wagner, depending on what the spread is. Bryant plays Mount St. Mary's on Saturday in the semifinals. Okay, no spread on that one just yet, but Bryant is at home. They'll be a heavy underdog. They'll be a heavy favorite. And then the other game would be Wagner against uh, LIU. So I think maybe looking at the winner of Wagner LIU to upset Bryant in the championship game or at least cover the spread would be the way to go as the stats, uh, the trends have shown that underdogs in the championship game, 13-2 and in the last 15 years, including 11 outright upsets. Interesting stuff there with uh, with that conference tournament. How about, um, let's see, let's go to the, let's go, let's find a good trend here. All right, how about the Western Athletic Conference? Odds to win the Western Athletic Conference right now is, well, I don't have any odds on that just yet. But let me pull up the standings here in the West because there's a very interesting, profitable trend in the Western Athletic Conference, okay? You have favorites over the last seven years on a single-digit favorites are 39-4 and straight up, 27-16 and against the spread. That's 62.8%. But on single-digit lines in that conference, single-digit lines, the favorites, 21-9 and against the spread. Favorites in the championship game, we're on a 9-0 and both straight up and ATS run until Grand Canyon won it last season. So Grand Canyon as a plus one underdog winning the conference tournament last year and that broke a streak of nine straight years of the favorite being... 9-0, and both ATS and straight up, which is uh, pretty wild here. Taking a look at the, um, the tournament here, I'll give you a, a list of what's going to happen here with the uh, competitions here in the Western Athletic Conference. You got, right now, New Mexico State for the one seed. Seattle right there for the two seed. Stephen F. Austin, not, uh, it's going to be the three seed. 
and it'll begin coming up on next Tuesday. Championship game will be on Saturday the 12th. So keep an eye on that championship game. Again, favorites were on a 9-0 and run, both against the spread, obviously, and straight up until Grand Canyon won that game last season. Uh, other heavy percentages here. In the last, uh, let's see, since 2014 in Conference USA, favorites of seven or less, 31 and 13 against the spread. That's pretty significant. 31 and 13 against the spread. That's 70.4% in Conference USA favorites of seven or or fewer. So when that conference gets uh, conference tournament gets underway, you take a look at um, at what they have. And Middle Tennessee State is going to be the number one seed in the East. North Texas, the number one in the West. And depending on the spreads, if you have a seven or less, take the favorite. They have covered seventy point four percent of the time. In the Ohio Valley, underdogs in the championship game, 10-1 and against the spread in the last 11 years. So think about that. Underdogs in the championship game of the Ohio Valley, 10-1 and ATS in the last 11 years. And that conference tournament... The Ohio Valley will feature uh, the championship game coming up on this Saturday. And it's likely going to be Murray State. And they're going to be laying a heavy number unless it's Belmont. So on Friday, uh, the quarterfinals are Thursday night. Southeast Missouri State against Tennessee State. Moorhead State against Tennessee Tech. Those winners will then head to the semifinals to face Murray State and Belmont. So let's say Murray State and Belmont face each other in the championship game. Keep in mind, Murray State's undefeated in the conference this season, but underdogs 10-1 and ATS over the last 11 years. You got to imagine that Murray State would be heavily favored in that game and perhaps Belmont is the team to bet. There was they played each other the other day and and or last week or whatever and Murray State blew them out. Absolutely destroyed them. 76 to 43. So just keep keep an eye on what that spread is. Uh, let's get you one more here that's uh hitting at at least over 60 something percent um in the Summit League. No, that's a total. We don't want to go total. We want sides here. Uh, how about in the Sun Belt? Over the last eight seasons in the Sun Belt, the teams that have had a bye, so the teams that had, I guess, extra rest, if you will, 28-6 and six straight up. 21-11-1 ATS in the Sun Belt tournament. So you're looking at Texas State, Troy, 
Georgia State and Appalachian State coming up on Saturday. Take a look at those teams that had the bye. They've had the advantage, at least, over the last eight seasons. Uh, we'll talk to our very own Amal Shaw coming up next. More about college basketball. Let me tell you about the KFC chicken sandwich. It's served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger-looking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Mmm, making me hungry now. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. We'll continue to sprinkle in some more trends coming up here throughout the program. Amal Shah joins me next right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. College basketball season is in full swing. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all of your favorite games. Or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. With flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more, there's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy today. Someone that doesn't need a 5-hour energy because he's just naturally always up and alert is our very own Amal Shah, who you catch on Odds On here on VSIN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead. And Amal, uh, when it comes to college basketball, how much can you take away from the bloody Saturday that occurred a couple of days ago and translate that into something that you can take advantage of here moving forward as these teams get ready for their conference tournaments? You know, Scott, I really don't see last Saturday as as big of a deal as other people do. Uh, Obviously, Duke winning, they were on the road against Syracuse, dominant fashion, but Syracuse has been a 500 team all year. Think about the other teams that lost. You had Arizona against the Colorado team that got embarrassed at home by ASU. They bounced back, played well in the second half. Kansas loses on the road. Uh, You've got Auburn losing on the road. You you had uh, Gonzaga losing on the road. I think when you look over the course of 30 to 40 games, you're going to have hiccups, but these were all road spots. Kentucky losing in one of the best games of the year at Arkansas. No shame in that. You know, we see them come back tonight uh, against LSU at the Bud. 
they're really tough to play. So for me, when I look at these teams, I, I'm not as alarmed by the fact that they've lost in, in conference games in road spots. Would you uh, take advantage of a team coming off a loss? I mean, it worked for me the past couple of nights. I backed USC. Excuse me, I backed Arizona against USC. I backed Auburn here, and it took overtime, but it worked uh, in their win on Wednesday night. And coming up here on Thursday, you got a Kansas team who's at home against TCU who just embarrassed them in Fort Worth the other day. Yeah, I think we'll see a strong effort out of KU. The only problem with Kansas is that I haven't seen what the overnight line is against TCU, uh, TCU at the fog. But ten and a half. I expect to see it. Ten and a, oh, I'll tell you right now, that number's too low. I, I think KU's going to absolutely smoke them. They've been so good at the fog uh, under Bill's self. But when you lose a game like that to TCU and you get an opportunity 48 hours later to avenge that, I think Kansas is in a great spot here. You, know, you mentioned that Auburn game. Uh, fortunately, uh, you got that. Uh, they rolled in the overtime, but I'll tell you, I don't know if there's a team that executes at the end of games in last second situations worse than Auburn in college basketball. Mm-hmm. I know they beat Georgia, but think about the game against Arkansas. They put up about a 30 footer in a tie game. You know, tonight they end up with a Jabari Smith off balance three point shot. It's, it's like Bruce Pearl's team doesn't want to call a timeout to set a play. Maybe he can't drop a play. I don't know. But the bottom line is, I know the one thing, mathematically, if you're tied, what the hell are you doing taking a 25-foot shot? Go to the basket, try and get fouled, and put the onus on the referees, or at least attack and give yourself a better look. I would agree with that completely. So when it comes to uh, Auburn's potential in the SEC Conference Tournament, uh, are you fading them, or are you picking a team like Kentucky to win it? I think it's Kentucky's tournament to lose. I think Arkansas is a terrific team. They're, very, they're a great team at home. Arkansas is a good team on the road. Auburn's an elite team at home. They're an average team away from uh, Auburn. And then when you look at Kentucky, they're an elite team, whether they're at home or away. You look at some of their losses. They had arguably the best win in college basketball this year. They went to the fog and won by 20-plus in dominant fashion. I mean, this team is incredibly talented across the board. They've got everybody at the positions you need to be successful. I think they're going to be a tough, tough out. Auburn got off to a fast start, and give them credit, they're going to hang on in this league in terms of the regular season. But I think our, uh, Kentucky is the, is the better team when we get into the SEC tournament. Would you put Kentucky on the one line if they win the conference tournament? Oh, there's no question in my mind. I think right now, for me, when you look in college basketball, I would look at, obviously, Gonzaga, Arizona. I think Kentucky is right there. I think um, I don't have Kansas as highly rated as other people do. I don't see Purdue as highly rated as other people. Um, and I think Duke is a team that can make a push because they've got immense talent. But they look like they're starting to assemble it all together. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but I think Kentucky has to be a strong consideration for the one line. Talk to me about this Duke team. Because you got to imagine, Amal, that the committee, its its not, whether it's intentional or not, they're going to give them a favorable draw. They're not going to be in the most difficult bracket. It's, it's, it's going to be, they, they want Coach K and Duke in the Final Four. Can they get there is the question. No, you know, Scott, you bring up a good point, and I think you bring up a, a couple of other points that people may overlook. I do believe they generally get what we consider to be somewhat of a favorable uh, alignment in terms of how things play out. But when you look at this team, Van is probably going to be the number one, number two, or number three pick in this draft. Uh, you've got uh, Wendell Moore, who's going to be a first-round pick. Uh, Mark Williams has a chance to be very highly drafted, potentially into the first round. A seven-footer can cause a lot of problems. You know, until you match up against somebody like Kentucky or one of these elite teams who's got the size to match Duke, to me, their first two round games, even when they face a potential eight seed or face a seven seed, they should still be head and shoulders better than whoever they face. 
Uh, so I think they've got a great opportunity to go deep in this tournament. And I think the other thing that benefits them is nobody's really talking about that outside of coach K's retirement. Uh, and when was the last time you saw a Duke team with this type of talent go this far under the radar? Now they are playing in a historically bad ACC, mm-hmm. the worst ACC I've seen in 35 years. So for me, I, I look at it and say this league is pathetic. Uh, if they were playing in the SEC, I think they would be challenged just like whether it be Kentucky or Auburn or anybody else on the road on a nightly basis. So it would be interesting to see how things play out. I think they've got a chance to go to the Final Four. But if we get down to it, you've got a rematch with Gonzaga. You've got Arizona. Uh, they're capable of beating these teams, but I would probably lean towards one of those teams in the matchup. But I think Duke is very much alive to win whatever region they wind up in. I don't believe they can get a one seed, though, because the league is so bad, and I expect them to win the ACC tournament. It shouldn't negate what teams like Arizona, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and potentially Auburn end up doing in the SEC tournament. If Auburn loses to Kentucky, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think they could still be considered for a one spot. Mm, yeah, it makes sense. Duke, by the way, 12-1 to 1 to win the national championship. Uh, Duke by a million on Saturday against North Carolina in Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor? Yeah, and it, for me, it's not about Cameron Indoor or Coach K. It's about the fact that Carolina's just not that good. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is if you look at UNC's schedule this year, whenever they faced opponents that are better than them, they've absolutely gotten boat raced. Um, you know, they've, they've had issues with that. I just don't think Hubert Davis, now I know it's year one. I don't think Hubert Davis is going to be a good fit there. I know he played there. He's been on the bench with Roy for a long time before he took over. Um, he just doesn't have that personality to me that's going to go win living rooms to go get top 10 recruits like Roy always did. And I think that's going to be a problem for this team. They don't play at the same pace that he played at. Uh, I, I think they're in real trouble. Now, they, they do shoot the ball extremely well as a three, uh, as a um, as a collective from the three point line. Armando Baycott's been outstanding. I, I just think though Duke is far superior from a talent standpoint, and I think that'll be the difference in this game. Yeah, and curious to see uh, how John Shire is going to start to do coming up next year for the Blue Devils. Amal, give me a team that's going to be uh, flying under the radar, maybe a potential Cinderella run. Uh, uh, let's start with at least getting to the second weekend here in the NCAA tournament. Who are you looking out for? You know, I think I think Murray State's probably going to be a team that's dangerous. People might look at their record. But look, I don't think you can just automatically sit there and assume they're going to be that good, that they're going to pencil past, uh, you know, uh, Belmont. So we'll see what happens there in the OVC. Uh, you know, a team that can be far dangerous, I think, is going under the radar, but because he can coach Dana Altman and Oregon, yep. I think they've got talent that can really challenge you. I love Quincy Garia. He can step outside, shoot the three. Uh, Young is incredibly quick at the point, and as long as Richardson knows what the score in the basketball game is, they have a chance. Um, you know, that, that's going to be crucial, but that team's got some talent. I, I think Oregon's one you pay attention to. I think LSU, because of how they defend, they can really make it tough on teams. Easton's one of the best defenders in college basketball. This is a team to pay attention to. They won't be seated that highly. They didn't play well the last six weeks in SEC play, but I think they're a team you need to pay attention to. And then I think when you look around the country in the big 12, I, I think outside of obviously Baylor, Texas tech and KU um, pay attention in terms of what else could potentially happen with Iowa state. I know they've struggled down the stretch last 10 games or so, but they've had some good quality wins in the preseason they could be a team in the right matchup that could pull off an upset. What about Texas? I don't know if they're going to be a sweet 16. They don't have enough offense. When you look yeah. at this team, Marcus Carr has regressed since he was at Minnesota. He hasn't played as well. Allen's been solid, but inconsistent. Um, you know, you look at Ramey and you look at Jones, they're okay, but they're not consistent perimeter players. And they don't have, you know, people don't realize they lost a, t- a lot of talent with guys like Brown uh, coming off that team last year. They had some length and athleticism that they just don't have. 
you know, Trey Mitchell, the um, UMass transfer, he's okay. He's done a decent job. I thought he was a better player at Mass, but yeah, they just haven't translated quite as well so far here. Amal, appreciate the time and the conversation. As always, good luck coming up. Thanks, Scott. He's Amal Shaw. You catch him odds on here on VSIN. Amal, one of the very best. Like I say, he doesn't need any five-hour energy. The guy is just always hyped up for all of the action coming your way. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Who are the potential Cinderella teams? What exactly qualifies you as a Cinderella team? Do you necessarily have to be a mid-major, or could you be a team from a Power 5 conference that is being, you know, undervalued, a little under the radar? Take a look at some of those teams coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in the round, in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team conference and player to watch. From the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today and get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wanted to talk about some potential Cinderella's in the NCAA tournament. Now, obviously the bracket hasn't been set. We haven't had teams punching tickets just yet. Soon. Uh, and uh, a lot of these conference tournaments have either not gone underway yet or are underway in the smaller conferences and the mid-majors and whatnot. The first thing I do when it comes to picking out a Cinderella, and I know that there's a lot of research out there that goes into a lot of these bets. Um, let's see, it's you know Ken Palm and, and all the other rankings and whatnot. To me, I look at three-point shooting. I like to pick teams that are very good three-point shooters. I think those teams tend to win out, tend to beat, pull the upsets. You can hit a lot of threes. That's how you go on some runs. Uh, you know, you trade three for twos and stuff like that. So South Dakota State's the number one team in the nation in three-point percentage. And... They're almost like a half a point higher than the next highest, which is Jacksonville State. They're four. They're point four five, so forty five percent from three point range this season, according to the latest uh, ESPN's bracketology. South Dakota State is the twelve seed in the West Region, which a mat with a matchup against Houston in the first round, and the twelve five is a very popular upset, right? What's the saying in the NCAA tournament? A 12 always beats a 5. I have actually think over the past couple of years, that 12-5 matchup has actually changed. And maybe it's like the 
the 13-4, we've seen some upsets as well. But if South Dakota State's on the 12 line, that could be one of those 12s that pulls an upset. Now, I really like this Houston team, but again, I take a look at teams that shoot really well from three-point range that have a chance to uh, go out there and, and, and pull off an upset in the NCAA tournament. Another team that's very good from three-point range is Colgate. Colgate right now is the number one seed in their conference tournament. They're going to be a 15 seed, according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi. But how do you feel if you're Auburn and you're the two seed, let's say, and you have to face off against Colgate, a team that last year jumped out to a 14-point lead against Arkansas. But this is a team that's top five in the nation in three-point percentage. They're number five in the nation. It's a scary team to play against. Uh, Other teams that might have a chance to pull off an upset, make a run here. You know, Davidson is a a good three-point shooting team as well. They're currently listed as a 10 seed uh, in the South region. And that's a very, you can have them as the 10 seed beating the number seven seed Iowa and, and see what potential they have to pull off an upset. I think Iona is a very interesting team. Iona with, you know, led by Rick Patino. We saw what they did to Alabama earlier this year, pulling off the upset there. But they're also top 10 in uh, blocks. So defensively, they can play with anybody. And when you're going up against a better opponent, constant pressure and good defense is is really how you get the job done. And so maybe Patino makes some noise here, makes some noise in the NCAA tournament. Right now, Joe Lenardi has them as a 12 seed. And again, we talk about the 12-5 upsets all the time. He has them matched up with Texas in the Midwest as a 12-5. If that's the case, we're talking about two really good defensive teams. I wouldn't be shy to put Iona on that next line and then seeing what they're capable of doing uh, in the next round, which would be a matchup with, I guess, Providence. Because, let's see, Providence is the four seed. They're facing Tennessee Chattanooga, so it will be Providence-Iona in the second round. A dangerous opponent. Dangerous, dangerous opponent. Uh, let's take a look at some maybe Power 5 teams that could be dangerous here in the NCAA tournament. You know, you you look at maybe, hmm, I mean, Purdue's not shocking anybody. I don't think that they're going to. You know, they're going to be a two seed or a three seed. You kind of want to look down to see. I, I said Rutgers. Rutgers just came up with a win against uh, Maryland here. So Rutgers right now is in the last four in. Lenardi has them in a play-in spot against San Diego State. 
with the winner playing Alabama. Rutgers is an interesting team because they have incredible wins this season. And when I say incredible, I mean incredible wins. But they have some bad losses. Like, really bad losses. This season, they have won games against ranked opponents. They beat then number one Purdue. They won four straight games against ranked opponents, beating Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Illinois. But then they lose to Purdue, lose to Michigan, lose to Wisconsin. They bounce back with a win here over Indiana. Some of their wins are great. Like I said, the wins over the ranked opponents, beating number one Purdue, and then the four straight wins, including the road win at Wisconsin, who is your Big Ten regular season champion. That's a big win for Rutgers. But losing to Lafayette, losing to uh, UMass, those aren't good losses. If they finish out here against Penn State, then uh, they'll be in the tournament. I still think no matter what happens in that game, they'll at least be in the first four in Dayton. And then you see what happens. I mean, they're a team that has taken down the Giants before, but mostly that's been at home. So neutral site action in a game, let's say, in Buffalo against Alabama. Do they have a chance in the first round? It, again, we keep talking about the 12 seeds. I didn't intentionally pick out all the 12 seeds, but that's just where they are. Uh, the 12-5 upsets, that's what could happen here. Uh, another Power 5 team, that certainly is capable of exceeding expectations is Michigan. How many times we talk about this team being in trouble? How many times we look down on this team only to see them without their head coach who is suspended beat Rutgers, okay, you lose to Illinois, beat Michigan State, They have Iowa and Ohio State remaining. If they win one of these next two games, they're firmly firmly in. I even think, yeah, if they lose both those games, it starts to become a question. They win both those games or they win one of those games, they'll be just fine. The latest bracketology has them as an 11th seed. 11th seed Michigan against 6th seed LSU. Michigan's got an absolute great chance to pull off an upset there. So they're a team that I would keep an eye on as uh, we move forward here throughout this bracket process and this conference uh, tournament process. Hey, coming up next, uh, Ian McMillan, senior editor from BetSided, will join the program. We'll talk a little bit more about college uh, basketball and and get into some other things, maybe some hockey as well coming up next. Got to update you on what happened on the ice and hopefully pick out some winners here on Thursday as uh, our picks on Wednesday did not look good. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll chat with Ian McMillan coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here with you on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joined now by Ian McMillan, the senior editor for Bet Sided. And Ian, I appreciate you joining me here on the program. Let's start in college basketball. I've been asking everyone the same question, but what can you take away from the bloody Saturday that we saw a couple of days ago and translate that into something that we can look for moving forward? Yeah, I think uh, obviously the, the big takeaway is kind of the obvious one is the amount of parity that's in college basketball this season. That's absolutely insane. I don't remember the last time that we've seen this much parity where there might be 12 teams in the country that could go on and win this national championship this year. But uh, one of the teams that did lose on Saturday, uh, it's a team I've been high on since probably uh, early December, and I'm kind of still eyeing them. I think they should be right up there in the odds with Gonzaga. I think it's them and Gonzaga and the rest. And that's the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, when you look at things like offensive and defensive efficiency, there are three teams in the country that rank both in the top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency. One is Gonzaga, two is Houston. And the third team is the Arizona Wildcats, the only team of the three that plays in a major conference as well. On top of offensive and defensive efficiency, they also rank fifth in rebounding as well. So this is a team that truly has no holes. I know they lost to Colorado, um, but I mean, these things happen. Colorado had a great game. Arizona had an off game. I mean, th- this is why we watch the game. This is why the games are played. There's there's uh, there, there's some variance in this. Uh, so the best teams aren't always going to win, but... Uh, if you're looking for a team that I think uh, should be right up there with Gonzaga as a favorite heading into the tournament, it's it's Arizona. Would you take them uh, to win the Pac-12 tournament? I would, yes. I don't have the odds up in front of me. I would assume they would be the favorite, uh, depending on the odds, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think they will uh, win the Pac-12 tournament for sure. No chance UCLA can, can catch them? I, I mean, once again, there is so much parity. There always, there always is a chance. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously UCLA is the other team that I could eye. I've been really disappointed in Oregon this year, to be honest. I thought it was going to be kind of Oregon UCLA this year in the Pac-12. Arizona's kind of taken that spot of Oregon. Really disappointed with how they played against USC there a couple nights ago. Uh, but yeah, if UCLA, I mean, if UCLA uh, uh, has a good game with their shooting, they can certainly beat this Arizona team um in in the tournament so it's it's probably going to be arizona or ucla but like i said man i, th- I think this arizona team has no holes i, I i'm gonna keep backing them. what about a dark horse team that maybe is going under the radar that you think is primed for a deep run in march 
That's a great question. I think there's several teams uh, in the Big East that 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 could be dark horses. Um, it's hilarious because that's the conference that I was going to go into. Because <laughs> right. I've been talking about, and I know everyone's in love with Providence, and I, I feel like I'm like the number one Villanova stand here because all I do is just talk about the potential of this team to have a deep tournament run. You know, they're the best yes. free throw shooting team in the nation, which is so huge when it comes down to these t- tournament games. But also, seeding comes into play because I keep looking at the latest Joe Lenardi uh, bracketology on ESPN and he's got Nova as a three seed in the East, which would mean playing in Pittsburgh and then in Philadelphia mm-hmm. on a pseudo home floor for them. Yeah, that was the yeah that was the team I was going to because it seemed like at the start of the year everyone was on Villanova, but then people kind of throughout the year have kind of gotten off them a little bit. But uh, uh, I still think they are the best team in the Big East, and I think because of how competitive the Big East has been this year. Um, it makes some people think that they're not as good as the other conferences, but I, I think it's just they're ultra competitive. And I think we're going to see that in the tournament. I think we're going to see a couple of big East teams uh, win a few games. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at the odds list. I'm looking right now at uh, one place, 25 to one for Villanova. Mm-hmm. That might be one of the, one of the best value bets on the board right now. Uh, Duke, are they a lock to go to the final four coach K farewell tour? You know, the committee is going to give them a favorable draw. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a lock, but I, I I'm you generally not not a big Duke fan, but there, there's something that they're doing a lot better this year, which the past couple of years has made me not like them, and that's they're not turning the ball over. Uh, Duke in the past few years, they have a ton of talent on their team, but they run into issues just turning the ball over, trying to do too much with the ball. This year, I think they're only like 18th. Uh, in the country in turnovers per possession. So they're not coughing up the ball. And that, that that's that's going to be huge when you get to tournament time. That's a big stat that I think costs a lot of good teams in the tournament. Think about Texas last year, uh, kind of a, a popular dark horse team to go on a run, but they had turnover issues all year and then got beat by Abilene Christian in the first round. So uh, Duke is finally has a team that is controlling the ball, is playing a little bit of smarter basketball. Uh, Lock to go final four. I mean, I think they certainly have a strong chance because uh, – yeah, that it, it's a good team, and, and they, they can beat anyone in the country on any night. Well, I can't have you on, Ian, without talking hockey, so uh, let's get into the NHL. Uh, what teams are you looking at for potential runs that could be good, could be good values in the futures market? Calgary Flames. The yeah, Calgary Flames are my it. number one team right now. All I jumped on it. them. <laughs> yeah, I jumped on them, I think it was a month ago, is right either right before or right when they made the trade for Tyler to Foley, because that was kind of the one piece that they're kind of missing was was a real scoring forward. I mean, you look at stats like Corsi percentage, like high danger scoring chances. The Calgary Flames are right up there in the in the top of the NHL. Uh, their issue, and this is the big counterpoint though, if you're gonna bet on any futures for the Calgary Flames, is they will have to get through um, the Colorado Avalanche, obviously, on the way to the Stanley Cup. Now, if they do finish with a top spot in the Pacific Division, they wouldn't have to face the Avalanche until the Western Conference Finals. So uh, that does benefit them a little bit. But I, I still, I mean, this Colorado, this Calgary team has been one of the hottest teams in the in the NHL recently, and still not that many people are taking them that seriously. Um, a lot of people are still in the Golden Knights. I've been on the Golden Knights all year. I think they're one of the most overvalued teams. I remember, and I think it's just because of their postseason success the past few years, but they're just awful in their own end. Uh, Near the bottom of the NHL and allowing high danger scoring chances, and you're not going to beat good teams in a best-of-seven series uh, being that poor in your own end. So I think Calgary is the next team to beat in the Western Conference. Um, 
uh, outside of Colorado. And let, let's be honest, Colorado has had issues in the postseason mm-hmm. the past couple of years when people expected them to go on a run. So I'm all about the Calgary Flames right now. I think I think they're the best value bet. Can I sell you, and I've been asking everybody the same question, can I sell you on the Rangers in the Eastern Conference? This is a team that all it takes is riding a hot goaltender, we know, and not all it takes, but it's a huge part of postseason success. Igor Shesterkin's likely going to win the Vesna, right? He's the best yeah. in the league, goals against average, save percentage. And if the Rangers, especially at home with Igor in net, I think it's going to be hard to beat them four out of seven times. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll be honest. I think it was last month that I wrote an article calling the Rangers the biggest frauds in the NHL. But I mean, that was a little bit of hyperbole when I said that because, I mean, that team is exactly what you just said. Though They, they aren't a good team when you're just looking up at the skaters on the team. But uh, a strong goaltender, especially as someone who's been playing as good as Igor Shesterkin has been playing, can carry teams. We've seen that in the past time and time again in the NHL. So they are going to be a tough out. Uh, they also uh, very solid power play as well, which is kind of a nice compliment to uh, Shesterkin there. Net that can be a big benefit in the playoffs, but I, I I don't know if there's a lot of value on them at twenty to one. I'd like to see a little bit of better odds on them, uh, just because I mean, yes, Shesterkin can carry them, but I I, I just don't see enough, uh, especially from their defense as well. I mean, they're hanging him out to dry mm. a lot. Mm. It's just amazing. I look at his numbers and the Rangers' record versus current playoff teams with him and without him is staggering. I mean, you can could, you could make an argument for the, for the most valuable player in the league when you look at those stats. Uh, but I was thinking more, you know, a, a long shot play. I wouldn't call them favorites by any means, but a long shot play, especially in the Eastern Conference. Uh, let's talk a little golf here, Ian. You got the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational beginning here tomorrow. So who do we like to win this event? Yeah, I got three outright picks uh, locked in uh, uh, for, for this tournament. My favorite one is probably Matt Fitzpatrick. I got him at around uh, 28 to 1, but I've even seen some 30 to 1s out there. Um, he fits everything that you want when you're betting on a guy uh, to win a tournament. Number one, uh, he's been in good form recently. He's finished 12th or better in four straight starts. Uh, number two, especially at Bay Hill, uh, you need someone who's a good driver of the golf ball. And what's even more important is that you need someone who uh, is good on approach shots that are 200 yards or longer. Bay Hill is a very long course, uh, and the majority of the approach shots are at least going to be 200 yards. Uh, and Fitzpatrick ranks fifth and approximately to the hole on approach shots that are over 200 yards. So he's one of the best guys on tours with those long irons. He's a good driver of the golf ball. He's a good putter, 12th in putting. That's important this week. Good form recently. Uh, uh, he's uh, finished in the top 10 in this event in three straight seasons as well. So he's had previous success at Bay Hill. This guy checks almost every box you want to look for when betting on a guy to win a golf event. And you're getting pretty decent odds. Like I said, 28 to 1, 30 to 1. Pretty good value there. So Matt Fitzpatrick, I'm um, expecting, expecting a big week from him. Nice. I like that information. Ian, appreciate the time and the insight. And hopefully we'll do this again real soon. Thank you very much, my friend. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, best luck to everyone's bets. Drink smooth, draft smart, make it count. Compete free this March with the Whiskey and Win Series presented by Jack Daniels. Playing eight free contests for your shot at a share of $24,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Daniels now to join the action. Jack Daniels, make it count. 21, o- 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.